Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I think it's so cool that we're here um, in person for the first time and I don't know how long. We, we've seen each other, I think, twice now since COVID. Since COVID. Every week via Zoom. Every week via Zoom, yeah. But it was this idea that maybe we should get together today, celebrate our 10,000th download of our podcast. Yes. So part, part of that, like I wanted you to come down, I was thinking about Tuesday. And I kept getting no, and so I'm like, well, should I just at least ask and see if he can come down? And I was told he probably can't, and then of course my day filled up anyway, but it was one of those odd moments. And then Wednesday happened where I did see that you did post that your very dear friend passed away, Charles Ford. Yeah. And and he popped into my head, of course, and I don't, Rich, how long have you known me? Yeah, we've known each other. At least six years. I have never called you up saying, hey, this guy's bugging me. Or your friend person, is here in my your ear. Your friend is here. Never. You never. know, it always comes up when we meet or whatever. But Charles just did not hold back. And so even yesterday, like everything this week, you know, after Monday morning, Monday morning was a little bit weird. The energy, I think, of the planet was just a little bit off. But the rest of the week, everything was like effortless. Like... But Charles showed up, and he's like, you got to call. you got to call Rich. I'm like, really? You have to call Rich? And I'm like, I have to walk my dog and my husband, who just had a replacement. And he's like, you can wait until after. And then I was gone for, like, seriously, like an hour, came back, and I was getting my mail, and he popped into my head again. He goes, you're done. <laughs> so <laughs> so call right. Rich. Call Rich. So you called me last night, and yes. you said, you know, your friend, your friend is here. And I asked, because I think it's important, you need to ask, um, look, I, I'm very close with Chuck's family and his friends. Not everybody's on board with the idea that you can talk to somebody on the flip side, and I respect that. And so initially, I was just a little concerned, like maybe it's too early, or you know, maybe we should wait. Or, and yeah. so I said, well, Chuck's here, and he, he wants to talk. And you said that he said to you, uh, this is how it works, right? Like yeah. he, like he was asking he's like you. making fun of, like he's like, this is how it works. Like I pop in, you tell Rich what I'm thinking or what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it works. He's like, this is really cool, you know. So for the people tuning in, uh, this format's a little different. Um, instead of our usual Zoom, you can hear me instead of seeing me. Thank God. Um, but at the same time, I I just felt like this is a different way for us to introduce a, a close friend. Right. As well as, uh, you know, I'm going to let him run this show. This is a guy who not only was a terrific actor, um, and which I didn't know he was one of my favorite movies. Which was Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. Yeah, I love that. My dad loved that movie, and my dad's here. Like he's like, I can't wait to watch this. That's great. You know, and I started laughing. I'm like, this is really entertaining, and it all in and of itself, and even down to being somebody blocked my driveway or whatever I don't need to tell you guys my process but he's like it's okay we're fine everything's fine he's like drinking his coffee because we got this (laughs) and I'm thinking to myself it's just interesting because spirits do show up before I talk to their owners but I know that he belongs to you it's not like he belongs to anybody else that I'm aware of and um what was the other thing that was so interesting oh and I'm like so what do you go by and he goes I go by Charles unless you're a good friend which Rich is and then it's Chuck. 
It's Chuck, yeah. And what's uh, what's so unusual, of course, is that as people who know me, at some point after, and I met Chuck through, and we'll talk to Luana about our relationship, but I met him through her, and at some point after she passed away, Charles Grodin invited me to come and work on his show in New York City. And I did for about six months. And and we had James von Prague on, which is on the Martini Zone. You could see that where I called in from Santa Monica and, and James von Prague had a conversation with Luana Claire Isabel. Yeah. You know, said some really important things. Chuck has always been an open minded skeptic about the afterlife. And so obviously this is an unusual conversation between friends. Jennifer is aware that, you know, that he wanted to speak to us. And Chuck was also a talk show host. So I'm going to turn over the duties to him, let's say. You mentioned Robert Town, because when you, as you were saying that he was a, a healthy skeptic, he said, um, recently, kind of like Robert Town, Robert, yeah. um, my views have changed. Well, I must say that yesterday I had a conversation with Robert Town where he said to me, I was a skeptic. I did not believe that there was an afterlife. And now I believe that there is. What happened? He said to me. I said, well, you got a chance to talk to Jennifer. And it's not that she or I convinced you of anything. You talked to people on the other side. They convinced you that they still exist. And so once that happens to you, everything changes. It's like the lightning flash where you see everything in the road in front of you suddenly. And you realize, oh, there's a whole world here I wasn't aware of. So, Chuck, um, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. And can I ask you some questions? Yes. And by the way, for our listeners... I don't know anything other than what he told you about Chuck and that you guys were friends, that he was a talk show host, that he was on Heaven Can Wait. I've never seen a personal interview with him. I've never, I don't know if he was married, not married, kids, no kids. I know nothing about him. That's great. So, you know, that gives us a chance to share, you know, his insight. And I can also confirm things. He said he wants to ask you a question. Okay, please go ahead. That's funny. Okay. Richard. <laughs> He's making fun of it. Who greeted you when you came into this world? <laughs> uh, <gasps> the first greeting I got when I came into the world was my mom. Yes. And the sound of her playing the piano. Because even before I had come out, I heard her playing. And I, was, I wasn't aware of it until I did a hypnotherapy session. And I heard her playing the piano, and I went, oh, that's my mom. They're all working together. This so Chuck's teasing because he knows that my first question is always, right. not who, and, 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 and we've talked about this, it's really about the process. So yeah. Chuck, you, your illness was a, a, a few years, and so I know you were getting prepared to cross over. But what, it made it easy, he said. So could you describe to us what it was like? What was what was that experience? His illness or, or an illness? Yeah, and and so so. Is, do you want him to describe? Not the illness before? part, just oh. crossing over. Okay. What was that like? What? <laughs> I felt like it was peaceful, and he goes, "No, it was abrupt." 
And I started laughing. He goes, you try dying. Like, you try dying and say it's peaceful. <laughs> That's so funny. And so, hold on a second. In what way? I crossed over. It was abrupt. Okay. I and just think that's, I've never Interesting. Well. An interesting take on it. Okay. He goes, he goes, even if, show me again. Even if you know you're going to die. He's like dramatic. Even if you know you're going to die. Uh-huh. Dying is still something we are not comfortable with. And even though I knew I would be okay, thanks mainly to you, Reg, <laughs> I also was scared that no one would be there. Interesting. I saw people before I crossed. And so can you tell us, I might be able to identify some of those people, and you can just use a, an image of somebody with the same first name if you want to. And I'll ask Jennifer. If Luana that's. was there. So Luana was there. And how did you, how did she, did, so she appeared to you like before. An angel. He just shows me, oh, he showed me the woman from Bewitched. Uh, um, the actress? Yeah, the actress from Bewitched. And the one, that's how Luana looked, like with a fake halo. Like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, like that. From yeah, Bewitched. From like Bewitched. A, yeah. What? Sorry. He's, I'm being shown Jimi Hendrix. I'm being shown um, somebody that was really good friends with John Travolta. Hold on. Jonathan Crane? Somebody from, he's showing me Grease Lightning, so I don't know... Uh, you mean the movie, the movie Grease Lightning, or do you mean a? Well, let's on let's let's break it down a little bit. Are you referring to Luana's experience going to Monterey Pop and seeing Jimi Hendrix, that kind of soft landing, or are you saying that you saw Jimi? He shared with me he saw Jimi, but Jimi was a talk show host. <laughs> not the musician. So he was. A I'm saying he's. A, it is Jimi Hendrix, but he's. But he was sitting in the talk show host position. Yeah. Well, that's an unusual construct. Yeah. Was that confusing or was that funny? He said I was the musician. So he was interviewing you. Yeah. And was and let me just ask you a little bit about the set because that kind of gives us context. Hold on one second. That's how I knew I was either dreaming or I was already dead. <laughs> so, but the idea of the set, because you knew all of the talk show hosts, you knew Jack Parr, you knew he Mike Douglas, CBS. you knew uh, Merv Griffin, and you knew uh, John Carson very well, and David Letterman, mm -hmm. who many times you were on his show. But so now this construct. Out of all those sets, which one was this set that you had constructed most like? Was it like the Carson set? It's the Carson the set. The Carson set. And yeah, so instead of... He said that he showed me Johnny Carson. Good. And so, and we're just focusing on this path. So 
you're in the seat next to where Johnny would normally sit, but the guest host for this interview with you is Jimi Hendrix. Is that correct? Hold on. It felt like he was saying, because I wanted to make sure if he showed me Jimi Hendrix, that it was Jimi Hendrix, not the name Jimi, and that it wasn't another talk show host. Yeah, yeah. And he said, no, it was Jimi Hendrix. And he said, I'm like, well, what were they interviewing you about? And he said, my tour with (laughs) Led Zeppelin. (laughs) But um, So it was just the idea of you're doing something else. And when you when you yeah. saw yourself there, was that confusing or was that funny? They made it very elaborate. Um, of course it was funny. <laughs> I tried to answer the questions. I felt like I was. That's fascinating. So it was like you fell into a an alternate reality in a way. You yeah, as a musician. all the players were different. All the players switched roles. And at what point did you realize you were on the flip side and that your friends were there to be to greet you? There is no time over there, but it felt like we did this for like an hour. And he said different hosts would come in. Prince came in and re- interviewed me. Different hosts would come in and leave. Interesting. Yeah. And at what point did Luana sort of interrupt this she reverie? She was in charge of the green room. Okay. That could be a title for a new book. <laughs> yeah, for a new book. At some point, you, you might have started seeing relatives and lo- or loved ones who had crossed over. They were in the audience. They were in the audience. And yeah. who did you see first? Johnny Carson. So Johnny was in the audience. Was he... What was that like? I... I just thought it was a normal occurrence. Just to see Johnny out there in the audience. Um, And at some point, did you start to see, like, your relatives? He was was sitting next to my mom. Okay, very good. It almost looked like they were together. And when you saw Lena, how old did Lena look? She had. She looked like she was in the six. So he showed me the sixties, like a bouffant hair. Nineteen sixties, yeah. Um, the eyeshadow. Right. She was super happy. And how is your mother? How is Lena? Did she sew a lot? Because it felt like she was. She's like. Could be. She was. Hold on. Oh, she's good at everything. She loved to make things. Okay, go ahead. And your dad, at some point, did you did you see him? He was in the green room. So the whole construct is you're on the, the Tonight Show, and everybody that was in your life is somewhere in the green room and everything else, which is hilarious. And so what was, what was it like to see your father? I know he passed away when you were young. I instantly knew he never wanted to leave. He took my hand... And I knew everything of what happened. His life and his journey. Yeah. But he watched over me throughout my career. And he showed me all the things that made, all the people that he made things happen with. The coincidences. Never knew. And your brother, uh, your brother Jack. He was a hard one to find. Really? Tell me. Because he, hold on, he wanted to wait. He was, 
he was like one of the newer ones that passed away. True. I don't know that. He's saying so he wanted everyone else to go first. Well, it's interesting. And when you, what was it like to see your brother Jack? Couldn't stop hugging him. Sweet. I know that when Jack. I told him I was sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, please. Jack said he was sorry. For? (laughs) He left a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. I don't know. But either, like. Well, I think, uh, you know, just not to give so much away or too much away, but Jack suffered for a long time from. Depression. Chuck's therapy for him was to call him every day and sing to him and make them make him sing songs together so the last few years of, of Jack's life that's what he did every day well he said he's sorry he left a mess that's so sweet though and, you know but, I'm sure yeah. the Chuck helped you know financially sort oh, out yeah, yeah that's that stuff that's what he was saying but he's like he's like I'd have no part of it that wasn't even here I thought I saved him but he saved me so people who are not familiar with Chuck may not know that he he was a very... I didn't know he sang. Uh, well, very res- well-respected actor, and he knew everybody. And so I'm going to just run through a, just some names, and I, just for the sake of the audience who are tuning in and saying, what, what are these two doing? He says that he's, he's putting it in your head. Right. That's well, right. one of your closest friends, Gene. And did you, have you had a chance to talk to Gene or see Gene? We laughed. Why is he showing me Caddyshack? The guy from Caddyshack. Chevy Chase. He's yeah, still on the planet. Oh, Roger Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Was Rodney in your audience? They kicked him out. He was too loud. <laughs> Hold on. Um, Give me one second. Sure. It was as if time never passed. Hold on a second. Why do you keep showing me him? Who? Rodney. <laughs> Well, tell, well, that's something you have to work out. <laughs> so. Rodney just keeps coming in. He's like, I can't keep him away. I'm I like, see. Well, that's okay. just something that you have to work out. That's so funny. Shit. Of course you show this space. Um, that's interesting. Remember I said, do you have your own space up there? Like we have, like somebody has a house here. Do you have your own? I think you could. Whatever you dream of. Okay, hold on. Yes, but We've heard that, go? that you can construct your own space, yeah. a house, or okay. backstage at the Tonight Show. He said, once they told me I was not alive on Earth, and that I was not dreaming either, oh, then I saw Gene. It was easier to see Johnny Carson, because he was gone so long ago, I could have thought it was a dream. Yeah. Whereas Gene, that would have thrown me off knowing I was dead. Right, because they, they were close, and Gene right. passed away only a couple of years ago. And so, all right, and so that's interesting. So it's and just to clarify, so what you're saying is is that the construct, let's just call it that, the visual that you're you're having, is because we've talked to different people who said, you know, I, I was on right. stage, I was performing, yeah. you know, I suddenly, and that's how I realized I was on the other side. I was on, you know, I was in a concert. And in this case, you're on a talk show. You're literally on the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And, and I know what that experience is like because I've been there with you. I know what that feeling is like. Freddie could decord of us sitting over in the corner, the producer, the green room, 
you know, the uh, sort of the heightened reality of waiting to go on and the band, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so the idea that you would find yourself on, you know, out there and right. being interviewed. But what's interesting is they're not interviewing you about your life. They're interviewing you about an alternate life. Right. About being part of Led Zeppelin. Some, yeah. Touring the world mm-hmm. as, uh, as a rock star. Were you a... Did you see yourself as a singer or? A, no, I played the drums. Played the drum, the drummer for Led Zeppelin. I can't think Backup of. Backup singer. Backup singer. Okay, very good. Which is hilarious. The whole thing's hilarious. The whole thing's hilarious. So there are some friends of yours, um, and I'm just going to say their whole name because it just makes it easier. And I already, we already, Jennifer, and I've been doing this for so long. I know that she can access these people, and it's whether or not they want to show. Peter Falk. Peter Falk, Colombo. Oh, Peter Falk. I didn't know that. Thank you. Have you talked to Peter since you've been over there? Peter Falk was part of what's happened. Part of the band. So you part saw Peter band. as part of the band. Well, he's like, a- I just have the reason why it takes a while. I'm like, cause I, it comes through. He's very, I don't know why I keep double checking what he's saying. Because I have a hard time believing all of this. So he's like, no, Peter Falk was upstate. They were interviewing the both of us. I'm like, what did he do? And he's like, he was the guitar player. Very funny. So it's interesting because you and Peter and Gene Wilder, all good friends for a long time, career-wise. Mm-hmm. Chucky did a lot of theater on Is Broadway. Miss Steve Martin. Steve Martin, that's right. You were close friends with Steve. Anything you want to say to Steve? It's not so bad. It's not so bad. How about Marty Short? Keep trying to work. Keep track to work. Why you have your mind? <laughs> well, they did a movie. They both Steve and Marty. I remember it. Yeah, yeah they did a Clifford together, and Steve did the movie called The Lonely Guy. Oh, Happy! Um, I think he just got a grandchild or something like that. You asked about Martin Short. Oh, does he, he have say, a, a he grandchild? Say, I think he has a new grandchild. Or oh, something okay, like that. that's very good. Well, I don't know Marty that well. Right. Pass but, along that. Um, well, Chuck, listen, I, I'm asking you questions about, and I could ask you a hundred, could give you a hundred names. What do you, what do you want to talk about? So at what point did Luana become... He said you and I. Okay. Well, let's talk about us. Stuff that I don't know. So you and I met through Luana. Uh, we met at a restaurant. Luana and I were dating and... Well, why don't I tell you? Well, I'm just saying, I just, and so, and so our, our relationship, 40 years, roughly, something like that. Wow. And, um, and it might be longer, I don't know. But, but that's, I, I want to hear about your seeing Luana, what that was like for you, and what, what emotions or feelings or memories that brought up. It was a I am home kind of feeling. Like, you know, that, that buttery, you know, sense of belonging, like I'm home. Um, she was showed up like a guardian angel before and after he crossed over. And she put that elaborate scheme to make it, you know, interesting. <laughs> Not scheme. Construct or, you know, Construct visual, or yeah, like almost like a like a movie. Let's. What's a really clever way to have Chuck enter the other side? And it would be like he's in a talk show. The detail, he said, was astronomical. Like, 
down to like the carpet or the rip in the wall that I remember or whatever it was at that studio, um, they replicated it perfectly. Wow. Um, and to have not Johnny, who was out in the audience, mm-mm. but somebody else. Jimi Hendrix. You know, and why was that? Why Jimmy? Maybe Luana knows the answer to that. Thank you. He offers to be in all of these, like, <laughs> soft landings. He wow. offers to take part in it, yeah. No, he was like, cast me. Cast I'm here. Cast me. Goes, me what? In. You don't have an African-American? I, was like, like, <laughs> I think that's adorable. Right? What fun. What a cool thing. And I'm, I'm sure the questions were fascinating. It was fascinating. super cool. Oh, that's so interesting. Because so you know how it feels like when you're in a dream? Because it was like that. Like, how you don't you don't see yourself but you recognize everybody else, he's like, that's what it was like. Wow. It was amazing. And at some point, and this is only, we're only a, what, a few days and you're crossing over. What's it, does time, I mean, I know, you know, we talked about time doesn't feel like it exists over there. Wow. So are you, are you now aware of previous lifetimes of yours? Everything. Everything. Like, happening all at once. He just showed me um, he's big letters everything. So it's like and what happened like when I went like this, which is me as an edgy sketch, um, it was him like when he asked what has he been doing the last couple days, he's like, I've been haunting her because he showed me all the times <laughs> he popped in and he's like, I'm doing that to everyone. To absolutely everyone that I can. And he goes, different parts of me are doing it. Because you're outside of time, and you can be simultaneously everywhere at the same time. Bingo. And is there anybody suffering that we need to reach out to? His animals. Like, I think either his... Okay, what did he show you? Let's break this down. I don't know, like a turtle. Like a turtle? Like, he's not showing me a cat or dog. It's some type of innocuous animal. Okay, let's break this down. Why? So ch- because it's going to be an interesting answer. So Chuck, I want to talk about the animals that are in your backyard. Is this what you're referring to? Like he saw a grasshopper. I just saw a grasshopper. Okay, don't judge it. Are you referring to your ana- your animatronic animals in your backyard, or are you referring to some other animals, live animals? Because the animatronic animals are an elephant. A bear, a giraffe, monkeys. These are animatronic. So they're robots. Robots. In his backyard. <laughs> and Chuck would take his nephews and nieces around in the cart, driving around the backyard, and at some point he'd stop in the woods and then he'd push a button and you'd hear Charles Groden's voice doing an English accent talking like an elephant and he'd do a whole bit and the kid would be like what is that what's going on that's amazing and jason bateman lobbied for and was able to be a guest spot and he has he's the voice of the irish monkeys that are i love bateman so chuck is that what you're referring to or or did i just oh he's good friends with his dad Okay, over there on the flip side? Well, he was with Charles, with Jason Bateman's dad, I felt like. Okay. 
and um, where that's what I meant. But anyway. so Chuck, is that is that what you're referring to? The animals of your zoo? Yes. See now that, that's so funny. See now, if we didn't we didn't go down that path, you, that you know, so we, we wouldn't funny. get there. He said animals. Remember? He yeah, he said animals, animals, and I know what he's talking about. Listen, it started with Wilbur. He had a horse. Somebody gave him a horse for his Wilbur's backyard. Wilbur's a bear. Is it, no, Wilbur's the, the talking horse, and so he did an imitation of Wilbur, you know, talking. So you'd pull up there, but they were showbiz anecdotes. But it wasn't okay. Wilbur saying, "I'm a horse," you know. He'd say. You know, I I was on that show for fifteen years, and they did they didn't treat me very well. You know, they replaced me with you know whatever hilarious comedy anecdotes that, that only adults would get, but the kids were completely gobsmacked because there's an animal in the backyard talking to them, and we would drive on that cart like endlessly for days. Stoned? No, 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 just because it's hilarious. And that was me. That would have been you. But, okay, Chuck, so how about your friends on this side of the the veil? Um, people like Carol Burnett, for example. Um, you know, anything you want to say to Carol? You just went like this. Times are coming. <laughs> oh, are we coming up to a commercial break? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No. Oh, what about, oh, what about Phil and Marlo? Those are really good friends of the year. I know Jennifer doesn't know who they are. but Marlo Brando. No, Mar Marlo. It's a woman, Marlo. and Phil, a guy, very close friend of Chuck's. Okay. I'll tell Jennifer in a minute, but go ahead, okay. tell us anything for Phil and Marlo. What? You show me them in the back of the jeep. Hold on. Where? I don't understand them flying around. First show me them in the Jeep, then you show me them, like you showed the sea. What, come on. I know. <laughs> they were in a movie together, correct? They were showbiz pals. Yeah, okay. So, movies, okay. Um, well, Marlo was in some... Uh, I don't know, but they, he just showed me that they knew each... It felt like yeah, they were true. Okay. The, but then, they But stayed um, great friends. I just feel like I'm catching a ride with them everywhere. They're going everywhere. Oh, I see. So you're hanging out with them. Yeah. So who's, a, who's aware of your presence, Phil or Marlo? Or neither? It's always going to be Marlo. It would be Marlo, okay. So Marlo Thomas... The oh. daughter of Danny Thomas. Okay, I was, didn't know. Yeah, well, you but. wouldn't. But they're very close friends with Chuck. And she's married to Phil Donahue, the famous talk yeah. show host okay. for so many years. And Phil and Marlo were huge fans of Chuck's. Uh-huh. And spent they spent many, many laughs together. Um, so, oh, so, so the question would be, so you're hanging out with them wherever they go. You're just popping in? Yeah, I'm just popping, like catching a ride. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. That's so funny. It is. I mean, you know, there's so many unusual cats. Um, hey, how about our friend Dave? Anything you want to say to our friend Dave? And Dave says to Chuck, and I want to get a response from Chuck, but Dave's quote here, I'm going to read it to him. It would be so nice if you were still here. And how's Luana doing there? Oh, wow. Because 
Dave is friends with both. So Chuck, what's your response to Dave? <laughs> Luana is absolutely still the center of everyone's attention. And her light is even her light and wit is even brighter. Beautiful. And any message for Dave? She arranged everything. She arranged everything for me not to feel lonely when I returned home. Beautiful. Yeah. So Dave, what do you want to say to Dave? And what Dave is this? Dave Patlack. Okay. Dave's my pal from high school who got to meet Chuck and then they became best friends. Jealous? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. It would be like... Hey, Dave's over here now. You know, Dave's at the house. Dave and I are going to Carson. Dave and I, I'm kidding. Yeah. Dave made up pins, uh, the Charles Grodin entourage. So whenever Dave and I and Luana went to the Carson show or Letterman, we wore these pins. <laughs> or the Grodin entourage, That's which we so wore. funny. Tell Dave that I am peaceful. And not to worry. I think he was projecting more about how he, if he, when he passes, what it'd be like versus what happened. So it'd be like, so if Dave's afraid of crossing over, um, he is, like everyone, he says. <laughs> he just showed me Warren Beatty. So I don't know, from the actual scene when he's wearing his sweatpants and he's up and having a, dude, what, what's going on? <laughs> You know. Well, two things. One is one is Dave out of everybody I know on the planet, because perhaps we have to do a movie. We have to do another movie that's similar to that. Evan, Evan can't wait. Yeah. Where Dave was the son of a psychiatrist, and also an actor and a comedian, and he served in the Coast Guard. So he's like a guy who knows nuts and bolts, and and he's charming and sweet and yeah. compassionate. And the only reason I can imagine Dave being a uh, worried about passing over would be how it would affect everybody else. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of person he is. Mm -hmm. um, and in Chuck's case, Thanks he was very that. close with Warren Beatty. Very tight with him. Is there something you want to say to Warren? Since hairspray. Um, hairspray. Yeah, there's nothing to fear. Thank you. And to think of the movie without returning, kind of. <laughs> so think of the movie having to wait without to returning. Wait. Yeah, without the sequel part. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, and we return in a different way. We return in a different way. And so what have you observed, Chuck, over there in just the... Lights. He's just showing me lots of lights. Lots of lights. So everyone's a light. Mm -hmm. But they manifest as we remember them. Is that correct? Like a frequency? We're all very similar lights, he says. And it's how actually making me think of those colors right there with all of them. And how did we Which would actually make sense because it's done with the... You think about the light with the throat um, energy center. Sure, chakra, chakra, yeah. Um, it's blue, right? And so, and if you're into acting or, you know, vocalizing anything or singing or playing, you know... You use your voice, so it's, there's all different shades of blue and green. So Jennifer and I talk about process a little bit in our podcast, and let me just ask you: Were you aware? I mean, let's just 
put it this way, did you plan your lifetime the way it planned out? He did, but it exceeded so many, because it took so many other people to successfully excel in their, whatever they were trying, whatever they were inspired to do. And he goes, the collective exceeded way more than what I charted for. Interesting. And so, in terms of your path with some of your friends, I just want to say, Gene Wilder, I know, was instrumental in your career. He got me started. He got you started. That's so, correct. Regis Philbin was a very close friend. We're buddies up here. And how's Regis doing? Still short. <laughs> Really? <laughs> That's the first thing he said. Still short. Still short. Hold on. And still won't be quiet. Still talking. Still talking. <laughs> I know you were friends with Paul Newman. Have you seen him? Oh, Paul. Hold on. Wow. Paul comes down and visits us every once in a while. <laughs> so he's in Valhalla? He's like, there's so He's like, yeah, Paul Hearn decided to make a visit. He, he got out of his gated kingdom up there. I know you're friends, very close friends with Ethel Kennedy. And she's still on the planet. But her husband... Kind hus of. She's kind of. But her husband, husband, her husband is over on that side. Have you seen her husband, Robert? Yeah, the president seemed to hang out here. You mean in our classroom? Yes. And what was your impression of our classroom once you were... Honestly? Yeah. This is interesting. Why would you say honestly? Nothing good ever comes after. It's like somebody that says, sorry, but... Well, that's Chuck. He, blah, would, blah, say, blah, blah. he, he goes, would say that. Honestly? Uh, go I'm ahead. Like, I don't, us... I'm cutting him off. Let's go No, to lunch. no. What did he say? Honestly? Oh, my goodness. It is a fantastic way to see ourselves in one another. It's a fantastic way to see ourselves and one another in this classroom setting. Compassion is the word I would want to use. It's the word I would like to use for this class. A lot of us had deaths that we did not receive closure here. Like his father, for instance, he says. We are learning how to talk to our own loved ones through the experience we have through the both of you with the help of Morton. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Newton. Sorry. I just knew a little bit quicker after talking to you for so many years. Well, you were quite a skeptic when we talked about it, and you it have never... I had to be. Okay, but I just... I always gave more... He goes, I mean... <laughs> that's so funny. He showed me Geneva, Switzerland. I always... He's saying that he was Switzerland... He's trying to convey that he was Switzerland. Oh, he had to be neutral. He had to be neutral and... Yeah, both, yeah. You know. No, and of course, Chuck, but I do know that there were times when you would hear me talking about the flip side because people would ask me, what are you doing now? I'd say, ah, I'm filming people under hypnosis, blah, blah, blah. And I could see the look of panic and fear in your eyes because... That's how he was about death. About death, exactly. Okay, and so that's what he would. He said, "You broke him down, though, because that's what he was remembering, or what he wanted. He didn't know if it was going to be hopeful 
That's why he had to have a soft landing because he was mortified to leave. What an unusual thing that you and I would meet through Luana and Luana would be the person to help construct this landing for you. It's brilliant. And, and you guys met right. on a movie in 1965, Sex and the College Girl. What? Yeah, they did. And so your Best time of my life. And your, your best friend, John Gabriel, was in that movie. Anything for John you want to say? He's still on. here. Somebody else from that movie died too. Oh, Luana died too. Early. But John Gabriel, anything you'd like to say to John? Because, of course, John, I'm sure he was one Stop of your closest smoking. friends. Okay, I don't know if he does now, but you know, he might have, you might have got him to do that. He's going to be okay. It feels like John had somebody recently, I don't know if he's pointing to himself, like somebody recently died. Yeah, himself. Okay. Himself. And so that'll be really hard for John. Yeah, okay. He's going to be okay. A silly question? Can I, may I ask you one? Howard Stern, anything for him? Keep your hands on Howard Stern. To not give up on his marriage? His second. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that I didn't Third hear. Third time is not a charm. I heard the other day he did 15 minutes. They had a feud back in the 90s, and uh -huh. uh, it was silly. Not on Chuck's part, but on Howard's part. And I just I heard that he did 15 minutes about how much he loved Chuck yesterday. But, you know. Yeah. I think it's funny, Chuck's Lots Fritzies. of half-truths there, he said. Lots of half-truths. Okay, very good. Um, okay, any messages for anybody, Chuck, that, are, that I have not mentioned in court? Of course, you're always welcome to join our class. Make sure the monkeys don't go missing? <laughs> well, you know... What I know. You've already told me about the backyard, so yeah. make sure the monkeys don't go missing. I have no idea what that means. Uh, probably, you know, storms come through the woods and things get um, torn apart. That happens. He's saying something to you and your wife, Sherry, and your daughter. Both Olivia? Your, both your kids, and I have the chills really bad. Stop okay. it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Hold on. It's okay. No, they're doing it. I'm asking them to stop freezing me out when I get the chills. Hold on. I am so grateful, Reg. <laughs> that Sherry said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that I did visit her in a dream. And you. It was a threesome. <laughs> Your daughter will become a better actress than all of us combined. You know, there was a photograph of you and my daughter, Chuck. I did see that. Yeah, it was on the wall, and I just happened to notice it was falling off. This was the day before you passed. It was completely out of its case. So I went downstairs, and then when you'd pass, I put it back up, and then when you'd pass, I asked everybody in the family, did anybody go up and you know try to get that photograph out of the case? I mean, literally, somebody had to pull it apart to get that thing out. No, he did it. Yeah. So he had I, lots of help. The whole class helped. The whole class helped. Yeah. And... and but it's this adorable picture of Chuck laughing and Olivia on a swing. Yeah. And Maybe you should show that. Make sure you put that in the video. I will. And it, but it's it, the glee, you know, between yeah. him and her. It's sweet. I got to tell you something the other day. I'll try not to get emotional. But um, so the other day, I mentioned um, 
how you used to take us out to the car and play um, Taylor Swift's song, Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> and when I said that, Olivia screamed because it had just come onto her headset. No way. Aww. So how'd you do that? Easy. Luana. <laughs> well, the time... They teaching. They said there is no time. They created that to have, like, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It's like, we create time. We're the ones that create the time for you guys. That's what he's finding out. Wow. That's kind of brilliant, because he showed me just like little nuggets, like, oh, it's going to happen. He doesn't make it happen, it just does, like magnets. So your intention, I mean, the reason I said, you know, the timing of it, because of course, the, you know, whoever's controlling the radio show, and then they have a set list, and they put it up. But of course, if you're outside of time, you could say, okay, on Tuesday at 5 o'clock, you're going to play uh, Taylor Swift's Romeo and Juliet, and, you know, Richard's going to say the same thing at the same time. Yep. Wow. Everything else works around it, he says. So you're creating time? Yes. We've never even heard that before. We've never heard that before. So how Five you... years! Come how... on, it's been holding out on us. <laughs> so how we you... keep saying coincidences. Oh, be... So because why? the constructs that you guys are... Because, of course, a portion of our higher self is always back home. Oh. So it, so it might be related to that. So right. our, our, our portion of ourselves back home is saying, you need to go to the store today, or you need to go to do this because you need to run into this person. You need to do these things. You need to be hungry for this particular food because it's going to put you in a restaurant where you meet the you know the woman you're going to marry. Those right. kinds of things. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. And so, how much? I well, but go. How much happens before we get here? Like, how much should we plan to have this happen? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mind reader. <laughs> I love it when people say, "Well." What if she's not talking to somebody that's dead? What if she's just reading your mind? And I always say, uh, yeah, because that's super easy to read people's <laughs> minds. Like, oh my goodness. No, I'm kidding. They were just showing me. So they're putting the questions. Or they show me the what they're doing. Because I see them coming in. I wish there was a camera lens that could show you what I see. I see them come. And then when they leave, you're, then you give me the same thing. Like, you can see the energy around my head see it like above like I can feel you it. can see it yeah wow listen I would not be here doing this work if I couldn't physically if I didn't. they had to oh, show me spirit beautiful. only because I probably wouldn't have believed it I know that's that sounds cool. crazy but like, we have to actually show her so let's make her have a seizure when she's been so <laughs> so back to the question they create time Okay, I'm like, do we create time before we get here? And he said, no. You create the experiences you want to have here. And then everything's left up to the universe to make it. So your higher self is aware of what you're doing. All right, he's showing our higher selves are like the magnets that get us to where we need to go. Right. But the physical human, there's complications because of DNA and sociological and whatever, addictions or whatever it is that they go through. So that you, they might not fulfill the thing that they're trying to set out to do, let's say. 
They end it early sometimes. Too. They end it early sometimes, whatever, they get stressed. They but, hitchhike out of here. But so you're that saying that's an interesting way to show it. They hitchhike out of here. But so that's you're saying the play, the general play, the playwright starts on time. All of that is combined where all of the actors that are in the play create the play as it's happening. It starts on time. Yes. So they're not following a script per se. They're following intention, you desire, that passion. That show on HBO. What is it called? They just Larry. Larry David. I don't know. Who's the guy that? Curve your enthusiasm. Yes, that's it. Okay, Chuck knew Larry. They were friends. Okay. And so you're saying it's a little bit like that. Yes. The improvisation of a Larry David episode. Oh my God, that's hysterical. I haven't watched one, so I don't that know. Is, I just want to ask you one question about Midnight Run. I was watching it the other night, Chuck, and I was there it's when the you... the ending. Huh? Well, the ending is fabulous, but I, you, create, you and De Niro would get together every Sunday. I remember, because I was there. And you guys would meet at the Sheridan Universal, and you guys would improvise the next day's scenes. And, and somebody wrote it down, the screenwriter was there, and they wrote it all in. But, but most of those improvs were yours, and they reflected your life and your journey. And I realized watching it the other day, the movie is like an autobiography of you. Bingo. So I, it's That's the, why he's mentioning the ending. The ending, which is? I don't know. You don't know. I no oh, I thought you were saying that, okay. I've never seen the movie. Oh my gosh. I'll see you in the next life. That's, That's his last line. That's it. So, are you aware of what your next life's going to be, Chuck? Yes, wait till you get there. <laughs> are we going to, am I going to get a chance to see, uh, to work with you again on the planet? Is that what you're saying? It's going to be a role reversal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel bad for people. <laughs> that would be, that would well, be a nightmare. Think about it, because at first it was Jimi Hendrix, and then Prince came in, and then was, you know, that came in when Jimi left. It's hilarious. Imagine, imagine suddenly imagine, like your guest host. I'm flying on jets with Colombo. Have you talked to, uh, to Johnny? Zeppelin. Have you had a conversation with Johnny? Many. 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 Any about what? What went right, what went wrong. Really? But there is no wrong. There is no wrong. Just different. There's just better ways of doing things. Better ways of doing things. Anything that I sh that people here on the planet can do to correct the path we're on? No. <laughs> really? Okay. You were a huge guy in politics. Be authentic. Be authentic. Just none that of this... That creates space in your heart. Be authentic. Because if you're not... If you're closed up, if your heart's closed up, you close up to everything. So be authentic. Okay. And save politics for another day because there's a lot we of people will. over there. All right, very good. And the camera okay. just telling me it's got to stop. Thank you, Chuck. You're always welcome. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jennifer, for your talent, your ability, and. Well, your... maybe he'll leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye.